0: hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Don't know too many, um, I know most pe- the Jewish people I know are blessed, amen? They got quiet. Oh. You know why they're blessed? Because God blessed Israel, the Jewish people, right? And he blessed them because they had a covenant with him and they believed the covenant they had with him, the Abrahamic covenant. And they believed him and they honored it and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And we have been grafted into that covenant. You know that, don't you? But then we have a better covenant than that. He said that. If that, that covenant would have been complete... It wouldn't have been a need for a second. Hebrews. So we have a better covenant than what he had Abraham and they're blessed and we're blessed too. You just have to hook up with the covenant that you have. See God is not a, when you give to God you don't give by like his utility bill or a debt. He's just not a debt because you can't pay back anyway. There's not, you can't write a check big enough. I don't care how rich you are. To, to do what he's done for your life, there's no way. Neither is he a waiter that you give a tip to, just because he did you a good thing, like good service. He's first. Sunday is the first week of this, the first day of the week, so you come as your your, your attendance to church or your dedication and consecration to him on Sunday, is the which was when we you know, practice practice uh, our services in America in the Western society is on Sunday the first week. So when you come to church, it's the first fruits of your week. So as you come and you're consecrating it to him with other believers, you are dedicating your, the rest of your week. Right? So if you get into the, the cycles of the God and how God sees things, he's not doing things out of obligation. Everything's out of relationship. That's the most important thing. Because he's not a bubble gum machine where you can put a quarter in and get a bubble gum out. You know, you're giving, knowing the covenant blesses, but you're not giving it with any expectation other than the fact is I love you. Right? I know we've sowed seeds specifically for something and we've done all that in the past, but dear Lord, I think we've grown past that to the point now where it's all his anyway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's just kind of where it is. Some of us have so much confidence in our, um, I had a, uh, just, I, I knew things were gonna be coming up in the next week or two and I had just a little bit of money I put back in my wallet hidden and uh, somebody called and said, hey, I got a had uh, to run into a situation. Do you know where I could get you know, some some stuff done at my house? So the guy calls and I call the person I know and he says, I said, what's it gonna cost? It gets $120. I said, I know where this is going. <laughs> right? You just kind of know how it works, and you. Empty, I emptied it, and that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. When you're family, you're family. If you're putting, listen to me, stock market's over 25,000 points. It's 25-2, I think, on Friday. If your confidence is in the stock market, more so than your confidence is in him, I don't think I need to finish the rest of that sentence. Stock market did not die to save you. Okay, so you're God said up, God set up, separated Israel. This isn't even about giving, this is about relationship. God separated Israel and said, You're my people, I'm your God. I want to let the Egypt and an entire world know that you're my people and I'm your God. You're my firstborn son, he said to Israel. You're my, you are. So he's going to bless them. So what did he do? He said, I'm going to set some, some, some relationship. Rules if you will, in in place, so the world will know that I can bless you that's where the whole first fruit start, started happening. so he gave him land, he gave him livestock, he gave him cattle, he gave him things that's why we're having i mean I, we're, we're at the end of service today we're having a meeting in the cafe with, with anybody that has a farm that raises cattle, chickens, hogs, corn. C- corn what it, be, what it, it doesn't matter. If you are a, have a farmer, have anything to do with a farm, meet us in a cafe afterwards. I have nothing to do with it, don't, don't know anything about it. Drive by them and keep driving because I don't know anything about them. But we have people that do here. So you need to know other people that do. We're gonna have a business owners meeting as soon as church is over. Just 10 minutes, just to get to know people, connect people. If you have a business, you need to be connected with people that own businesses. They going to financial people are going to start connecting. Then we're going to connect our business people with our financial people. And our cattle people with our, I call it the hee-haw group. <laughs> All right? There's got to be a mini pearl in here somewhere. Right? I'm telling you, relationship, connectivity, that's what this is. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. And it's, it's not about superstar preachers and great television programs and us sitting back and getting fed from that it's, not, it's, it's about the body of Christ establishing our role of what he's done for us in, 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 in the earth. That's what this is about. That's why we're plowing a little bit more the first part because there's gonna be three areas we talked about last week. It's money, it's gonna be your finances, it's gonna be your relationships, it's gonna be your health. Those are the three areas that you're gonna pray the most about. Those are gonna cause the most areas of frustration with you. But it's also gonna bring you the most joy. Right? so, where is, where's your, where's, your, where's your affection? Where's your heart? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's the Bible. Michael, if you don't mind, Pastor Michael, come on up here real quick, if you don't mind. Would you, um, tonight, the youth are going to have a um, get-together. It's the youth, first, uh, first Sunday. Would you care just kind of invite some of the young people? I know there's some in here that weren't here earlier that when they were announcing that, but I just want to give them an opportunity to. To share a little
1: bit what that's gonna be tonight yes yeah, so tonight at six o'clock uh, all of the students are gonna be in here if you weren't here when we launched the first service or the first Sunday youth service uh, we have a very important rule it's no parents allowed so you drop your students off and then uh, we come in here and uh, just like we just had worship here we have our own student-led worship and uh, tonight. We are going to roll out, I know that we're a few days into the new year, but tonight we're going to roll out the theme of the new year for the students. Uh, Last year our theme was uh, deeper, but this year uh, we've got a new one. I'm going to hold it off there so I can tell the students tonight. But we're very excited about that. Um, If you have a student that is anywhere from 6th to 12th grade, then we want them to come in here tonight, uh, meet all of our students that we have. Some of them aren't able to be here this morning uh, but we'll have a lot of students in here tonight. We'll have a time after to where we hang out. So service starts at 6, and then parents pick up at? eight thirty. 8.30, and that should give them plenty of time uh, to get rested for school tomorrow. So, again, if you have a student, you have a grandkid that is a student, you, your neighbors have a kid that's a student. If a student walked through your yard this week, get them here tonight, okay? We'll see mm-hmm.
0: you then. Good. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, which means he's not fickle, neither is a shadow of turning, which means he doesn't stay obscure. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. That means there are good gifts, and there are perfect gifts, right? Right? Good means one thing; perfect means another. It doesn't say every good gift and every perfect gift is the same. It says there's good gifts and there's perfect gift. Now we know that there's one that's perfect that did come. He's the Christ, the Son of the Living God. He's perfect, but He's also made you perfect because He dwells inside of you, right? So when you walk into a situation or walk up on the scene. When your reliance is on the perfect one and you're carrying the perfect one, it doesn't matter if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a ba- bankruptcy, if you're going through a, a hard time, a sickness, or whatever it might be in your relationships or your life, it doesn't really matter because when you show up and your reliance and focus is on him, you are taking in the perfect one. The perfect one is now on the scene, right? It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means the one you're carrying is perfect. But because you're carrying the perfect one, he's made you perfect, Now I want to talk a little just a moment too about the good. Because good gifts sometimes don't come in the package that looks like they're good. You can't set out like we're doing the first 90 because there's 90 days between January 1st to April 1st. April 1st is April Fool's Day, which is also Easter Sunday. And we're going to celebrate big time on Easter Sunday here. It's going to be how would, would Matthew say it? Huge. All right? It's going to be big okay? The reason being is because we're going to see a tremendous amount of testimonies of some great things that have taken place over the last 90 days. We're already seeing them. What I love about this past week, we're seeing things happen that you can't make happen for yourself. There's no way. Sometimes things happen and they come in packages that look like, oh my God, what is happening in my life? You've been holding things. Some some of you have been carrying some stuff that's been a burden over your head. Let me talk about a a burden for just a minute. It's like a cloud over your head. You're laying there on the pillow at night. You wake up at one one o'clock or 12 o'clock or one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning if you've been able to go to sleep. The minute you think about that thing, that burden, that cloud, you're finished. You're not sleeping the rest of the night. You're gonna toss, you're gonna turn. Oh, you might doze off, but you're not sound. When you wake up the next morning, it's still there. Even though you're going about your day, somebody might make you laugh, you might make yourself laugh. You might have a a, a fraction of a day that's good, but it's still there. And it has to get knocked off balance. And sometimes we don't have the courage to knock it off balance. Sometimes we don't know how to even knock it off balance. We just know it's there. Well, let me tell you where we are. You're in a season right now when you begin to to, to pull, allow the, the vision that God has for you to pull you in Those things start coming to a head because even if you don't initiate them, something else will. And it's not bad. It's good. God loves you enough that he's not gonna leave you carrying that burden that's unnecessary. And sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. I told you this story a long time ago about playing ball and broke the ankle. And when you break an ankle and it starts growing back the wrong way, you start playing, and it starts growing, it starts causing you pain. What happens? They end up having to re-break the ankle and reset it the right way. Cause you why. It was growing wrong. It was coming back together in the wrong way. Many of us have stuff in our life that we've been dishandling and dealing with, but we think it's healing, And it is healing to some degree, but it's healing the wrong way. It's not wholeness, it's just not hurting like it did. Or if it did, you've learned to use to maneuver and to work around it and just accept it. That's not how the Lord's going to leave you this year. It's not going to leave you. See, it's not about a new season or a new year to have new resolutions, to have new direction and all of that. It's not about that because those those will fizzle out. Because what happened is, if you're not careful, if you only look at year to year and just a a, a fresh start, like Steph was talking about earlier, what happens is you end up asking God to bless your dysfunction. And God doesn't want to bless your dysfunction. He wants to eradicate your dysfunction. He wants to completely turn you to where you do see things completely different in your life. And the things that once were there for you, that you were crutched on, holding on, are now gone. Right? He's gonna break some things that you thought were healed, but you just learned to hold on to even though they just weren't healed properly. (laughs) That's beautiful, that's a good gift. A good gift is from above. Don't bind the devil when God sends you a good good gift. I bind you devil in Jesus name and God says well go ahead I'm the in one that initiated that lawsuit because you'd have lived with it for the next five years and you weren't sleeping it was, getting, it was wearing you down I'm the to initiated him telling he was leaving why now? yeah because you would have stayed miserable for the next 20 years I'm fixing it I'm bringing it to a head Oh gosh, this is getting really real. Let's just do it this way. Here's our options today, okay? I can tell you a good Samaritan story. We can shout, we can run, we can get the band playing again and the singer singing again and we can have an awesome time in the Lord and we walk out of here going, yeah, man, that felt good, but you're walking right back out into the same life as you left when you came in here. Well, we get, we roll our sleeves up, kick off our shoes, and we get down in the dirt today. You give me 15 minutes. We're gonna get muddy, but we're gonna get healthy, right? You can't take what you've been taking for the last five, 10 years anymore. It's been a slow erosion. It's been a slow erosion. You've been having the rug pulled out from underneath you slowly. All the while, you thought you were standing straight up the whole time you've been falling and leaning to the right or to the left. God says, no more, no more. Uh-uh. This is a season of, not just healthy. It's a season of wholeness. You've been dabbling in stuff you shouldn't be dabbling in. And God says, you know better. You don't need it. Don't dabble. See, it's not a matter now of just saying, what are the sins that are acceptable or not acceptable? It's not even about the sin. It's about, it. He's first. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father of above, the Father of lights. There's no fickle personality in God. He is good towards you. So if you're his and stuff starts happening, it's it's time to start wrestling the hard things. God is trying to get you and us and the body across the globe into living in a realm of influence in life that you've never experienced before. And if he's only gonna just repair some broken pieces, we'll get back up to where we once were, but we'll never get to where we're going and never been before. It's gonna require a whole new way of life, a whole new way of sight, a whole new way of faith, a whole new way of living, a whole new way of giving, a whole new way of relationships, of holding your tongue when you had every right to say something you should have and wanted to say. things Putting things under the table and saying, I'm burying that for the sake of the whole, even though I would be right. It's not worth it. Why? I can't come down there to live at that world when God's trying to bring me to another dimension in life. Are we okay? Yeah. And you've been a doormat too long. For the name of Christianity, you've let people and things and situations walk over you for the sake of peace because it's the Christian thing to do. And you can't do it anymore because the world will keep walking over you and you'll continue to be a doormat. That's a good gift. And because we don't like to not be the doormat but we also don't know how to not to be the doormat, God initiates what looks like trouble. And when he initiates trouble, or what he looks like trouble, it isn't trouble to hurt you. It is a conflict to free you, to give you leverage over top of that thing that you've been battling. Are we okay? You're getting it. It's happening. See, I'll give you an example. Jacob in the Old Testament prophesied over his son. In the 49th chapter of Genesis, Jacob said these words as he called every one of his, he was up in age, he was getting ready to pass on, so he calls all of his 12 sons together and he begins to prophesy to them. He gets to the, the son of Joseph which is the firstborn of the wife that he loved, not Leah, the other one, Rachel, and, and he gave this prophecy to him. He said, Joseph, you're gonna be a, a fruitful bough, and a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bough abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by, thy, by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep, that lieth under blessings of the breasts and in the womb. And he goes on to go on to tell him how he's going to prevail. But he says this, he goes, and you're going you're to be blessed by a well. You're gonna be multiplying by a well. And this is jo- J- Jacob telling Joseph this. Jacob goes out and buys some land in Shechem where he was gonna do some burial plots. Jacob was. He dug a well there, his, redug a well, because his father Isaac dug a well in that land. So he redigs this well that his father had dug, and we know it as Jacob's well. When Joseph was ready to die, because Joseph raised up to the highest place in Potiphar's house in Egypt. Joseph was a wise man, but he went through some stuff to get to where he was going. He was thrown in a a pit, which in Hebrew means well, when his brothers sold him into slavery. Took the coat of many collars off his back, killed an animal, put the blood of the animal on the coat, threw threw Joseph in the well, the bottomless well, Took the coat back to his dad and said, Dad, the animal got a hold of Joseph, and he's dead. Joseph gets sold into slavery, rises up to power through a series of seriously bad situations and circumstances. He rises up to power through Egypt. He gets sold into slavery. He ends up, finds himself in Potiphar's house. He ends up in Pharaoh's house. Through some ups and downs over the next several years, he finds himself whew, second in command. Now, there's no way Joseph would have been able to storyboard his life up to that point. Now, after going through the well in the bottomless pit and getting sold into slavery, Jacob buying property in Shechem, by this well that he'd redug from his father's days, Jacob goes on and dies. Joseph, I'm talking about it was a grown man when this was going on. He had already gone through some stuff. Joseph then prophesies and looks at the people of Israel and he says, listen, you guys, this is what's gonna happen to you. He said, because... Time is passing on, and it's, it's not in your heart to do right. He said, when I leave here and I die, don't leave my bones in Egypt. I want my bones to be passed on and buried where my father had that well, in Canaan, in Shechem. So Jacob jo- tells jo- or Joseph tells the people, Joseph goes on and dies. 430 years later, while they're still in Egypt, 400 years later plus, while they're still in Egypt, Joseph's bones are still there being packed around with them. They're building houses, they're building mansions, they're building businesses, they're building architecture, they're building schools. Israel, The Jews are building this for Egypt. And Joseph, which once led Egypt, has been dead now for over 10 generations. But his bones are still there. Still with the promise of taking those bones when we go. Because the prophecy came to the the children of Israel that one day we're gonna take you into a place that's land of flowing with milk and honey. It sure didn't look like milk and honey to them. Generation after generation, hardship after hardship, pressure after pressure, the children of Israel had learned to live under the tyranny and the pressures of life and learn to maneuver and manage in dysfunction. Convince themselves that this is as good as it gets. One day, somebody's going to take us out of here. One day, we got to go. One day, I know God's going to take us out of here. But until then, we have the bones of Joseph, which is a promise. We have the pressures of life. But God, it could be worse. We could be dead. It could, under the government's control, limitations, restrictions, pro- prohibiting them from, uh, and limitations, all these things to keep them from going and being what they're supposed to be. You can't dream when you're restricted. You can't think outside the box when you're living inside the box. You know, it doesn't do any good to dream because you just get disappointed. Why hope when you know hope is only going to bring you make heart deferred, or hope deferred? It's going to make your heart sick. So for 400 years they're living under this thing. Of, Joseph's Bones, a promise, but man, they learned to live underneath this thing. All the while they were growing, growing in number, in number. All of a sudden, God raises up a man named Moses and says, "Come." And bring these people out. And it's time. The time is up. There was a fullness of time that said, I'm not going to leave them in manageable conditions. Because manageable conditions is slavery, whether you know it or not. Limitations. How many of you said this? Man, if I could just get... If I could just get the bills paid, I'd be happy. It's not bills paid is the goal. Man, if I could just, if this body would just, if I just didn't wake up today and hurt, man, if we could just go a couple of days without arguing and fighting, if it could just be, no, that's not, your goal is not to just manage inside limitations. Limitations. The goal is to live outside with no limitations. But for 400 years, they learned, but they had the promise, they had the bones. So Moses comes up and he raises, out of the, he raises up and he says, come, I'm taking you, I'm gonna take you on a journey and I'm gonna take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And what that really truly means is, I'm gonna take you to a land that somebody else has already prepared for you, just like you've done Egypt. And I'm gonna take you over to that place and as you get over to that place, you're gonna to learn to live without limitations. Over here, there's not going to be any boundaries. There's not going to be any restrictions. There's not going to be any, there's not going to be dysfunction. In fact, it's going to be what you want to create it to be. However you can dream, you can make it. However you can see it, it'll be. You're not going to be under the control of everybody else. It's going to be under your mind control of what limitations you put on yourself. If you see yourself at that level, it can be at that level. And that's the land that flows with milk and honey. So he brings them out. You know the story, they crossed the Red Sea, but he also says this, hey, don't forget Those bones bring those bones. He said, it's only 11 day journey. He takes them 11 days across the, across the Red Sea. They're traveling for 11 days. And all of a sudden now, God didn't take them just 11 days. They start going around this mountain. And God said these words. If I only take them 11 days and I take them the shortcut and I don't work out some of this stuff that's been inside them for the last four to 10 generations, they'll not be able to handle and sustain when they get over there. So I've gotta work this stuff out of them in the process. And I, and I know if I, if I take them the shortcut, they'll get into a battle, if they start fighting in battle, if I don't take them th- th- through the, the process and they don't know how to conflict and they don't know how to get in confrontation and they don't know how to, they'll become, they'll do the same thing. They were doormats over here. they will be doormats over here. And when they get over there, when I give them the land that flows with milk and honey without limitations, the enemy will just come and take the land from them and take everything from them because they'll end up being doormats over there. Because if the doormat's over here, the doormat's over here, they're gonna be doormats over there. So I gotta teach them in this process how to reverse this thought process that they've been living. They've had poverty over here because they work for somebody else. It's always about that. It's always about, it's onions and garlic over here, somebody else's fields. So what do they do? Now they gotta Fight. Moses goes up on top of the mountain. They're still carrying Joseph's bones, which is the promise that says you're going to go there. Moses goes up on the mountain. He's gone for 40 days. 40 days. They come back down. Moses comes down, and Aaron's taken over now. And they're looking at Aaron, and they have built, they've taken all their jewelry, melded it, turned it into a golden calf, and begin to worship that golden calf. Why? Because they had to have something to see. They, they couldn't do it. They were dancing and feel like they were free. They learned inside of this place that they had to have something just like they left. Moses was gone. He comes back down. They, they break the, the fat into the calf, the, the golden calf. They, he tears it up, just breaks it to pieces. He can, what, what are you guys doing? And here's what they're saying. Listen, Moses, the journey's too hard. It's easier to stay over here to manage my dysfunction because i got security over here. And Moses is saying, you've got to leave security yeah. to go through the process of fighting and conflicting, and the conflict is not going to be with other people. The conflict is going to be the way you think. Because yeah. if I can change the way you think in your journey, when you get over there, you'll know how to dominate and rule, reign, run things, see things different, and you won't slip through your hands. But I can't get you over. I can't take you just from here to there. This is not a plane ride. It's a process. But I give you the bones. Remember the bone. The bones are the promise that will take you over there. That's Joseph's bones. Joseph rose to the top through the pit, the pit, the well. That's a promise. That's a testimony that Joseph went down to the bottom. And he came back to the top. That's a promise that's on your life. That same covenant was on him. is going to put place on you. So they started coming through, coming through. You know the story. They're ready to kill Moses. Moses is, it's taken too long. I can't do this anymore. It's Moses' fault. See, when you start going through here, it's always going to be somebody else's fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. If I hadn't have done this, if I had, you're a victim of your circumstances here. Oh God, what if I had only done what I, you, uh, it's a scary place to be right here because it's easy to put it on them and them and them and them and them. But the bottom line is it's really got to be you. You mean it's my fault? No, it's not about blame. It's about preparation to rule in reign. It's a preparation to get over here. It's taking you from being a doormat that people wipe their feet on and you're doing it to peace at all cost, and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. See, you don't need a backbone in Egypt, but you better get a backbone in Canaan land. Over here is fear. Over there is faith and courage and boldness. If you're not a risk taker, Stay in Egypt. Let somebody else manage your stuff and your life under him, under her, under them, under what huh. it 's got to go. And what here 's the problem. whether you know it or not, you 've already left Egypt. dorothy isn 't in Kansas anymore, and you ain 't in Egypt anymore. It's changed. Your heart has already turned towards that land of covenant that that flows with unlimited favor. And you're moving that direction and you've already taken the step and here you are. You need to look at the bones. The bones are the testimonies of people that have already gone on before. Trade in your security for his eternal security. Trade in your smarts for his unlimited wisdom. Trade in your experience for his ability to see the future. Oh, God, this is going to rock everybody. Yeah, why? Because we got the bones. What do you mean we got the bones? They travel across the Red Sea. Moses dies. I'm fast forwarding 40 years. Joshua raises up. Joshua says, Moses is dead. God put me in charge. I'm not a doormat. We're going to go. And we're going to go hard and we're going to go fast. And I can't leave you in the wilderness because you'll die. I got to take you in. Who's got the bones? That's what he said. Who wears the bones? We got Joseph's bones. We got them. They were in Egypt. Now we're carrying them through the wilderness. We're ready to take them into the promised land. The, red, the, the Jordan River parts. Joshua leads the people over with the, the Ark of the Covenant, With the, you know the story, with the, the presence of God. He gets over there. He says, where's the bones? He buries the bones. We're over here. He goes to Shechem and buries the bones. Why? Mission accomplished. What's that, what's that a sign of? The bones left Egypt security, working under the dominion of somebody else, living, and I'm not talking about everybody has to be self-employed. I'm talking about living in a place where you're, you're just confined to, 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 to boundaries and restrictions and limitations that there's so much more inside of you that you're stuck. God doesn't want you stuck. He wants you with living without a ceiling over your head, without walls that you have to push on and nothing happens, or, or knocking on doors that you've been knocking on for 20 years. The bones left, Joshua says, we're made it. There's there's, there's 10 provinces ahead of us. Jericho's the first one, but let's bury the bones. So he buries the bones. Let me fast forward. Jesus comes. The perfect one. And he gathers his 12. His 12 was walking with him one day. And he says, I gotta gotta go through Samaria. And they said, what? we don't go through Samaria. You don't understand. We, we're, not, we're not from the same t- kind of families. We're, we're Jewish people, and we don't talk to them. And Jesus looked at them and said, you don't understand. I must. Yeah. Not that I should go to Samaria. I must go to Samaria. So they kind of pull away a little bit, and Jesus walks over to Samaria, and guess where he lands? At Shechem. And he comes up to this place, it's Jacob's well. A woman walks out and he looks at the woman and he said, well, give me something to drink. And she said, well, you know, you, sh- you-, you shouldn't really be talking to me. I- you're-, you're-, you're one from one of the other side of the tracks and I'm here and, and-, and g- I- g- you- give me something to drink. And she's looking at him and she said, I, I-, I can't understand what this is, what's going on here. I can't, why are we having this conversation? Watch this. He says, if you knew the gift of God, you'd be asking me for a drink. And she looked at him and she said, the gift of God, how is this possible? She said, the gift of God, she said, this is Jacob's well. This is Shechem." This was given to us by our fathers that we could draw water. And I come down here from time to time and draw water. Jesus all all along is going, you telling me that's Jacob's well? I know what was buried in that well or by that well in this city. You don't know it, but I know it. The bones that left Egypt are buried here. If you only knew the gift of God, you'd be asking me for a drink and I'd give you a drink that you would never thirst again. I'd give you a drink of living water, of everlasting water that you would never be able to draw enough from. In fact, what I want to do for you, young lady, if you knew the gift of God, I'm not talking about the good gift because he's good. I'm talking about the perfect gift. If you knew the perfect gift of God, that's talking to you right now. I would give you everlasting life and I'd give you a, a, a drink from the well that you've been drinking from, from Jacob's well, that is a testimony from going from Egypt that says there's limitations, there's, 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 there's boundaries, there's ceilings. You, you, I'm gonna give you a drink that removes every limitation off of your life. I'm gonna give you a drink. Know, I know you've been living with, I know you're living with a guy and you've lived with five before? And, and I, I know all that. And he goes, she goes well, I perceive you're a prophet. You think? <laughs> I'm not just a prophet. He said it already. If you knew the gift of God. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of light. What Jesus did was made a complete circle. Joseph bones were traveled Out there in Egypt. He brought them and and put them down in Canaan land in Shechem. And the Jews were happy, and the Israelites were happy. Because the Israelites had a covenant now with God that was fulfilled that says, We've come out and He's taken us in. The disciples were people that were going, God, we're not, we're not from that. We can't talk to those people. They're not from our place. Jesus says, You don't understand. Those bones from Joseph weren't just for the Jews. Those bones for Joseph, or Joseph were for the heathen as well. I don't care if they're Greek or Hebrew. I don't care if they're free or they're bound. I don't care if they're male or female. I don't care. about. I'm bringing it all together. If you knew the perfect gift of God, you would ask me for a drink and I would remove all those limitations off of your life. The woman realizes what he just said to her She goes back and tells all the men, probably some of those exes, and went back and said, I just met a man that told me all about myself. They said, we gotta go find out for ourselves." They go follow after him because of her testimony. They come back and tell her months later or weeks later and they said to her, my God, we talked to the guy that you're talking about. We've watched him and we followed him We followed him because of your story, but now we believe because of our own story. Your limitations and him removing those restrictions from you caused us to go try to find him. When we found him, he moved our restrictions and limitations, and now we have our own testimony with him. What? Yes. Because we found the perfect gift of God. Everything changed. Everything. The entire city was turned upside down from a woman sitting at a well that goes back thousands of years over here in Egypt from a man that said, I went through some stuff. It wasn't easy, but take my bones into Shechem. And as they took his bones, they traveled 40 years. Every time they ran into conflict, every time they ran into fight, every time they ran into resistance, every time things got tough, all they had to do was look down and go, gosh, we still got the bones. But they couldn't see the bones because they wanted to go back to Egypt. Instead of seeing the bones that represented a testimony and a trial and hardship and unlimited and, 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 and favor, all of those things, it was easy for us to go back to eat garlic and onion. Don't you dare go back to security when you've already engaged in the battle and the fight. Somebody in here today needs to look at the bones. Look at the bones. You can't go back to that. A dog returns back to its vomit. You can't go back to that. You cannot go back to religion that makes you feel secure. You can't go back to... Financial stability for security's sake. I don't care if you are 60 or 70 or 80 years old. You're gonna trade that thing in. Don't you? Do you not think God knows the future? You can't sing about it and not live about it. You can't say, Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. And then all at the same time, make all your decisions that are safe. Without risk, oh, listen to me. You can trust him. He's trying to get things to you, not trying to get things from you. And the moment you begin to say, i made up in my mind, I'm, not, I'm leaving Egypt. I'm not staying back here in my secure place anymore. Man, some of you, some of you are trying, you've already learned to manage within your financial ability, and you're doing okay. Don't die as okay. Take it off of the limitations of him because it's God's will for you to leave an inheritance for your children's children. This has got to go two and three and four deep. Right, Joseph left an inheritance for his children's children. It's children's 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 children. You know what it was? His bones. And his bones were buried in a in a a land that his dad purchased to bury some family members. Joseph's mother. So Joshua recognized the bones. (laughs) The story would be remiss to tell you this. It would end very good there. I could probably have a good altar call. But in Ezekiel thirty-seven, it was a prophet looking at the land. And God says, Ezekiel, what do you see over that big old, looks like a landfill. Ezekiel said, just a bunch of dead bones. God says, Ezekiel, get closer. What do you see now? I still see dead bones. He said, Ezekiel, I want you to start speaking life into those bones. Just speak to the bones, God yeah, speak to the bones. Why? Because that's a covenant. Speak to the covenant. Remind those bones that they have a covenant. Speak to them. Prophesy to those bones. So Ezekiel said, okay, God, you're, you know better than I do. Bones live. And all of a sudden those bones start shaking. Ezekiel, keep prophesying over those bones. And all of a sudden here come some sinew and marrow and Things like that all around their body. My God. They start getting some skin on them. Start taking on a look, a look at life. They weren't going to stay dead. They start clinging. And, but by the, time when he, by the time he first started prophesying, they looked bad. By the time they got up and walked at the end through the whole process and looked like life and were taking life on, they went through some noise. They went through some banging and some clanging. They had to go through some processes and procedures. Are you talking about, you know, everybody know what I'm talking about? You leave Egypt, you go to promised land, you gotta go through some conflict. You start prophesying over dead bones, they gotta go through some conflict to get up and go on. Why? Because God's will for you is not to be a doormat. God's will for you is to rule. Your God's will for you is to see no limitation. He wants to be able to, see- he wants to look at you, talk to you, plant his heart inside of you, and then say this, I got a dream. I have a dream that I'm placing inside of you, and I want you to begin to speak life to that dream and pursue after that dream and go after that dream with all you have. And I want you to look at me and say, Okay, God, if you're gonna go with me, I'll go. I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know how to get there. God says, You leave the how to me. I just need you to say you're willing to go. Leave the how, leave the details to me, I'll work them out. And don't you get afraid in the details because. All good and perfect gifts come so the perfect one gives you the the dream, but the good gifts come in unorthodox packages. Sometimes they come, boom, you get knocked off balance. Sometimes you get the rug pulled out from underneath your feet. Sometimes you get a blow dealt and you're going, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. But every time that comes, if you can see, that's a good gift to turn my mind into not being a doormat or under. I don't want to be the tail anymore. I'm supposed to be the head. I don't want to be underneath anymore. I'm supposed to be above only. I don't want to be back there trying to wish this would happen or wish that. No, 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 no. But you don't understand. I'm, I'm entered a season of my life where I just don't want any problems. Then you might as well go ahead and check out. Because it ain't happening. Problems are opportunities for you to go in. Stand with me, will you please? And not this not good? Oh my gosh. Too many people have been on the shelf for so long. And you know what? Part of that, I, I take responsibility for some of that because I've been a preacher for a long time. And I, I preached a real watered down gospel. To be honest with you. It was safe, and just if you could just mind over matter, if you could just quote it, confess it right, God will help. You've said it already, now thank him for it. If you say anything less than thank you, you'll be in doubt, and I realized that wasn't working either. So finally, I just had to take off my sleeves, roll up my sleeves, take off my shoes, and I had to get raw, and I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is not working. People are getting fallen away. They're, they don't want anything to do with this. And we, I just need raw, real, body, life. how do we do this? He said, just tell people about me. Identify in life's circumstances where they are, where I am, and keep them dreaming. Keep them moving forward. He's got this. He's got it. He's not caught off guard. Man, but he's not going to leave us the way we've been. He's not. I heard a story of a pastor that was, him and his wife were told, God said, I want you to give everything you have away. Everything. House, cars, empty your bank account. And when I heard this story, I was thinking, my God, I'm glad God didn't visit me that way. I'm glad it was his testimony. It's a good one. I don't know that I would have been able to live there. And and he told the whole story and I thought, dear God, you know, that's, and we're talking about lots and lots because this guy had been in this thing for a long time. He had lots of businesses and stuff. He just, he just emptied it. And the Lord spoke directly. This is last night even. The Lord spoke to me directly and said, it's, it's not a sacrifice to give away that 100. I said, What well, when you already got 100, it is. And the Lord said, if you'll be willing to give that, you'll be willing to give a lot more than that. Yeah. So it's not about money. God, it's not about money. It's about him first. It's about identifying him in the process. you'll have a tendency, you'll have an opportunity because you have already broken out and he or she don't like that because they're going, I liked you better the other way because now all of a sudden you got a backbone. Who do you think you are? You're going down to that church, aren't you? Yeah, who, what are they telling you down there? I know. I, and they're going, they're going to say, I, I liked you better. where did you get on? You got, not, no. People liked you better when you're under control. People tolerated you more when you were under that control. People liked it even more effectively when you were in their restrictions and your limitations. But for whatever reason, God has brought you to a place where you're saying, I ain't doing it no more. And you've already broken them off the chains. And now you're walking this thing out. And it's not easy to walk it out. Boom, there's a blow, yeah, I'm not going back. I'll stand here and get hit again, but I'm not going back. I don't care about the garlic and onions, I don't care, no. Listen, if Egypt is gonna be in your life, they gotta reappear over here in Canaan land but because they can't appear here. You can't go back to get them. You gotta go forward and they've gotta come around to get in your future, you can't go back into your past and get them. Listen to me, listen to me you've got to move forward and there are people that are going to be left behind and it looks bad and you're going to feel bad about it and you're going to no, you go prepare a place for them you go in your life and prepare a place of unlimited favor a place of you go prepare a place they're watching your life right now they're mad at you they're frustrated at you they're calling you every name in the book they're taking jabs at you i know all of that stuff but i will tell you this Don't go back to defend yourself or fight the fight. You keep going forward and fight the fight and prepare a place for them. Because what they need in their life is you to be victorious on your journey. So when you get over here, you take the bones, bury those bones and say, I'm here. Now, if you want me, you come over here with me. I won't go back into limitations, so you can come over here. The, or if I can come over there, you gotta come over here with me so we can both live in the freedom that God has for us. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare over my, my brothers and my sisters here today, this family, you're opening our eyes to an understanding that be, is beyond the limitations that we've ever had in the past. You're giving us understanding. Lord, it's scary at times. It's frustrating at times. We can't see sometimes, it hurts sometimes. Lord, it's pressure sometimes. We feel, God, but it's just sometimes. And God, we're not moving back, we're not backing up, we're not gonna lay down. We're gonna move forward and we're gonna embrace the growth. We're gonna embrace the personal growth, the in, in, interior growth. We're gonna grow and we're gonna grow without limitations, without boundaries, without all these things, God, that we put out in our life, thinking, oh, we need that, we need it. no more. We're not gonna trade in our security for the, for the just the, 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 the being a doormat. We're gonna walk away from all of that and say, God, whatever you have me to do, I'm yours. Show me. I won't turn back. I won't back down. I'm only moving forward. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people shouted, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all.